here, and it is one minute before six o'clock. Very soon we will be uh, segueing into Closets Are for Clothes. But uh, before we go into Closets Are for Clothes, uh, we're waiting for one of the hosts to show, and he will be maybe just a minute late. We're going to hear um, one quick song. This one's by the Talking Heads, and it's called Who Is It? from their album, the one that's all red and it's got neon green. Oh, it's, I think it's called 77. So here it is, man. This song rocks. Yes!
up with all the clothes in the parking lot? Seriously. Sorry, I must have dropped them. Dan, you can't take your clothes off until we're in the studio. Yeah, we do the show semi-live and semi-nude, not the parking lot. See, I just like to think of Wednesday's naked day. Me too. I have a hard time putting clothes on at all. Actually, naked time is only from 6 to 7, not all day. At least wear a feather boa the rest of the time, Dan. Speaking of 6 to 7, it's almost time. Crud, we have to hurry. See, I am ready to go, and you fools have to strip still. Well, I'm wearing my easy-release stripper clothes. Ta-da! All right, y'all, let's start the show. It's 6 o'clock on Wednesday. Time for Closets Are for Clothes on WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor. The next hour is going to be bursting with news, reviews, and interviews for the TBLG community, our friends, families, and allies. And we are your hosts, the cool kids. Dan. Meredith. Christy. And Greg. Thanks for joining us. Let's go. That's not really who we are. It's just Christy and Dan. It week. is. <laughs> not all the cool kids are present and accounted. Well, they may be accounted for, but they're not present. Right. Yes. Are you having technical difficulties? My no. Your headphones are wackadoo? Yeah, but that's okay. All right. I can still hear you. How Your pleasant are you otherwise? Voice. I'm good. Good. I um uh, uh went to this uh, men's conference this weekend, and so I wanted to kind of talk about that a little further. So I'm going to ask you, actually, I'm reading your shirt, and it says, how you doing? Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> this is a house. I'm wearing house clothes today because I've been doing a lot of work around our house. Getting ready for, well, the baby. I was going to say, you have a visitor coming. Yeah, we have a permanent, <laughs> permanent visitor coming in um, four, four to six weeks. The baby will be here. Daniel's wow. officially nine months pregnant now. Dun, 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 dun. So, and we're also, our shower is this weekend and we're having some out of town guests. Oh. And so there were some other things that needed to happen as well. Gotcha. And wow. Once they get here, I see my free, like, my ability to do. Um, certain things kind of on hold, you know. Yes. So they need to. I need to get as much of that, those sort of things done. Right, right. I'm going to be entertaining. I mean, these are folks that have never been to Ann Arbor before, let alone wow, wow, um, come to visit. So there's yeah. a lot to do. Definitely show them around and goodness. Yeah, Dang. I'm a little, I'm a little wiped out actually. But now I'm they okay. coming specifically for the baby yes, shower. Oh, okay. For the baby shower. Okay. Um, there are three friends of mine from New York. Okay. Um, and they, I mean, they may have been in Michigan before, but I don't. I mean, I don't know that they've ever hung out or come to right. really visit. Right. Um. So. Well, dang. You know, show them a good time. Yeah. While they're here, they're going to be here from tomorrow until Sunday. So it's a short visit, but. Oh. But it's but a, a long weekend. Visit. Yeah. yeah. It's a long weekend. Yeah. Essentially. Nice. Yeah. Wow. And um. Well, yeah, that works out perfect for this weekend then. Because it's a, some people have a longer weekend, um, a three-day weekend because of different... Um, right, for religious reasons. Reasons, right. Exactly. Thank you for covering for me on that religions. one. Um, so. I d- also want to say, though, that remind folks that this weekend is the Rap Benefit Brunch on yes, Saturday morning. Definitely. At Out Bar. Um, and you actually, you need to RSVP ahead of time if you're going to go. Well, you have, Jeremy, to buy the, yeah, you have right. to buy the tickets and whatnot ahead of time. And I just, I talked to Jeremy on Friday and he wanted to make sure that people knew that they couldn't just show up. I mean, they 
they'll make accommodations if you forget or whatever, but right. their preference is that you purchase tickets ahead of time. And so if you're interested in going into the to the RAP brunch at Outbar on Saturday morning, um, you can call RAP at 995-9867, or you can email Jeremy at jeremy at rap-up.org yes. um, and get more information on that. And speaking of which, don't you owe me a brunch? <laughs> I do. I do. The weather is nice. There's no reason not to go. Well, that's right. Outside. Yes. It does not. We originally said we were going to do it this Saturday, and right. I'm not going to pressure that that's the case. Okay, thanks. Um, but I just want to <laughs> let you know that I still got it on mine. Man, I'm not going to let you forget. <laughs> and I can't remember me. why I owed you the brunch from Project Runway. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right, that one. <laughs> and pretty soon we're going to have another bet because Idol will become ending oh, in, in May. Yes. And we'll have another reason to bet. And Medisa. Medisa, uh, oh, is that her name? I quit that show because of that. Hello. I mean, I thought she was the best singer there. She was. And and now she's gone. And I'm like, what is America? I mean, I was like, is this a publicity stunt by American Idol? Is this a... I mean, are they deciding that they're going to sign her up anyway, so they're just going to take her out? Or... Yeah, I don't um, know. Apparently, there was something that she she spoke out about her. Okay. Her, but I didn't see what I she didn't said. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe we'll get a chance to look it up. And, right, and right. I heard about it last night and some commercial. Like, right, and a commercial need to tune break. in, and I'm like, I don't have time. I'm not gonna do that. Right. Well, so. I, I actually, I we tape it, so I wasn't even. I mean, it was oh. the commercial played, and then you know the news had already happened by the time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it, so anyway, so how so. are you? Well, I'm kind of perplexed. I mean, I'm kind of. I'm still. Um, I had an opportunity this weekend. Um, uh, in the building that I work in. Um, they were going to have a conference. Um, and it turned out that the conference folks never quite told folks um, that they they need a key to get in the building into the classrooms. So, therefore, um, I made a deal that if I attended this conference this weekend, that I'll let them into the various rooms. That was pretty good, you know, a good exchange here. Um, because they were going to be kind of stuck if I, didn't <laughs> if I didn't show up. And it ended up being the um, American Men's Studies Association. And they, were t- and they were talking about the need for men's studies and, and encouraging... I'm sorry. Sorry, I have to interrupt you. Yes. Because I breaking found news? a breaking news. Breaking about news. She is a supporter of anti-gay writer and lecturer Beth Moore, and has been, she's been believed to be a supporter of the ex-gay movement. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but what she said in response to an article or to an interview by Advocate Magazine was. I just heard about that a couple of days ago. It broke my heart. I live my life by the value system that you treat others the way you want to be treated. I let love be my guide. I absolutely hate no one. When I heard that, I was really upset. And then she was asked if there is a conflict between being religious and being gay. I know my value system based on that, that the word of the Bible, that it does speak of that. I do know I have no place to judge anybody. I know that at the end of time, we all face the judge and his name is not going to be Mandisa. So I cannot place any judgment on anyone would you be comfortable performing or singing at a gay event i would not know Mm. um oh really yeah wow um 
I'm so that's what she's saying. She's saying she was voted off because there's actually the, her profile, uh, the website profile. Um, of American Idol and her? Of her. Oh, I don't know if it's her. The web, okay. Yeah, her website profile. Um, that that that's why people didn't vote for her. That's what she's saying. Um, well, now that and I, know I wouldn't that. have voted for it oh, yeah. had I known that. So <laughs> exactly. it was. A, I'm glad that we talked about that. I'm glad that yeah. we um, got that cleared up. So well, right. I'm exactly. not sad about it anymore. Nope, not really. Kind of kind of changes the thing. Uh, yeah, changes, it changes it, for me. it all up for me. Because one of the things is that yeah, she did. Um, you know, did bring in the religious element to it several times, she and I was did, like, okay. Absolutely. I mean, I can support her if that's what she believes. I can, right. I can get behind her. But now that I feel that, now but that when I'm, you use it as a weapon, it's a totally different thing. Totally, yeah. And so I'm kind of like, yeah. mm, no, okay. So, but yeah, so that's one of the things. Is that, and you know what? I have to admit, I'm not getting into American Idol this year. Me either. I'm there not is feeling nobody, it the same way. Nobody that I really. I'm not. I'm totally not feeling it the way yeah. I have been in every other year. Yeah. I also am finding the judges increasingly irritating this year yes. like more irritating than they've ever been yep yep so and that's enough about idol we okay. don't need to talk about american yeah, idol anymore okay. so you went to this conference on men's studies yes exactly and so they were presenting on various things of of what masculinity means to men uh what what um what men's identity is um how they relate to one another and there was i mean there was one thing that i really do want to talk to um, rap possibly about, but I'm not really sure if it's a it's a pr- appropriate venue. Um, is that they did a photography um, exhibit where they were showing men hugging each other and being intimate with each other, and I mean intimate in the sense that they were um, they were physically close, they were physically holding each other, but there was nothing sexual about it. In fact, right. one physical of them physical intimacy, but not sexual intimacy. Right, exactly. In yeah. fact, one of them uh, described their partner described their friend as as a, uh, as a non-sexual partner. Uh, but he says, well, that doesn't even really define it properly either because some, you know, that, I mean, I still hug them, I still snuggle with them. Does that, you know, but they're not gay. Um, and I thought that was kind of an interesting perspective of just, mm-hmm. um, and, and I, and it really, and for me, I've had this conversation lately of just because two men show affection toward each other physically doesn't necessarily mean that they're gay. And even though I have a couple of friends that are very much as like, everyone's gay until you prove me wrong, mm-hmm. you know, until you prove me that you're straight. You know, it's one of those totally different uh, right, way right. of looking at it. And I understand their point of view because they grew up in a situation where um, that's where they needed to come from. They needed to have that attitude to get through. Um, so, but this photo gallery, it talks about the two, the, the two men's stories and how, um, they are, um, close, um, in emotional values, intellectual values, um, physically, um, and they even show, uh, like one guy is holding another person, another guy's butt and, and, and. Uh, while he's on a tree and things like this, or they're um, naked and in a um, in a pose that um, doesn't necessarily show any uh, goods, if you will, but uh, they could definitely, you know, be right there. Um, and and they talk about that story of how they've progressed to this and how there's a need for men um, of all sexual orientations to to have this. Um, but then I started getting a little perturbed and then I realized how brilliant and how, 
how far the TBLG community has evolved. Mm-hmm. Because there were questions that were coming up, and I, and I was talking to Keith ahead earlier, but that there were some conversations that were happening where people were presenting ideas about that men can have masculinity and femininity, and the crowd was like, oh, really? And I was like... <laughs> No, no way. Like this one, this is you can't have gotten not gone there yet. <laughs> I mean right. that, and I thought that what he was presenting was very basic stuff. But to the crowd, it was like, really, men, yeah. you know? Are, well, are they real men then? And they, that some of the people were having real issues. Well, are they really men? And it's like, well, technically, biologically, they are. And and um, and then when he presented that there are some women that actually present very masculine, but they're not transgendered. And you saw a lot of heads like turn, like you see a dog when he's, you mm-hmm, know, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. Um, so it was one of those, it was like, no way. I, w- I was just like, you're, this is really, you all don't get this? Um, now I have to admit, that was a very, I was in a very small group of like 20 people in this particular presentation or, or session. Um, and so it doesn't represent the other, you know, couple hundred that were there. So I don't wanna, but I was surprised of the sampling that I had of how surprised they were. And I bet you the ones that were not, you know, turning their heads of interest were probably gay. And we're like, right. yeah, you know, and I, and I kind of was bored in this one, in this one session because it was like, well, yeah, you're kind of stating fact, but I guess I've never thought about it that we've never proven it. You know, it just, it's a, just a common knowledge. Um, it's a kind of a group thought that, that you've already worked through all this, you know, and so I was really fascinated by this and, and, and how, they really didn't understand. And one of the things that, you know, I was like, well, wow. I mean, well, how would they deal with it? And so I actually thought about, because it was a three-day conference, I actually thought about it Saturday night as going to some store and getting some backless dress, you know, because the ones that I have now don't really work. Um, but, you know, and right, just going right. in at heels and, and just, and really playing with them. I mean, I really was like, but I didn't realize, but I was more like the host, so I had to be more appropriate. But it was right. like, I was like, maybe I really need to play with these guys a little bit of like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a very feminine, but I've got the package, you know, a male package. Mm-hmm. So let's deal. Um, and I didn't necessarily want to, because I didn't really feel that, because the, because I was surprised by that, because at the same time, I didn't experience any heterosexism. I didn't experience any homophobia. I didn't experience any... Um, I was really welcome in this crowd. And with straight sure. men, I don't always experience that. I, I have a, 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 a conflict, usually, that, that arises. Um, and Well, I think... I mean, just so if I can interject please in there, do. my experience... That that there are a lot of progressive activists that are totally down with sexual orientation yeah. being different, but when you step when you're a gender transgressor, then they're very uncomfortable. Yes. That that if you are not in the binary in a complete way, that's confusing them. It makes them uncomfortable. They don't understand it. It's because they've not explored that. They've not thought about it. And I also think that that makes them question gender in themselves. Yes. And that's something for some people that's very uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. And, and they're not willing was, to do it. And that was exactly, that was really part of it is that they were talking about how masculinity is an essence in men. And I was like, no, not really, kind of a thing. I don't really experience that. I'm, a, I'm, and we play with it a lot of times on the show, and that's mm-hmm. why 
I, I, so some of our listeners are kind of like, oh, okay, damn, we know this, you know, but it was one of those, like, we play with it. Am I masculine? Am I feminine? You know, am I butch? Am I a femme? Whatever. It, it's, to me, it's a, it's, a, it's very fluid. Mm-hmm. And, and. Well, and to me, in my definition of it, it is very much yin and yang, and we all have the whole circle. Yes. And sometimes, insert, I, I think that for me personally, you know, it waxes and wanes depending on what task I'm doing, what, you know, whatever. It's all right. different, and but they're both always there for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, and I want to invite Sorry. Keith into the conversation. I know you're you're look like you're dying to say something. I, I, <laughs> I am, I am, and it's very interesting because uh, one of the presenters at the conference, Ron Seresha, um had been at the bookstore last Thursday because oh, okay. he has a um, new book out called "By Men Coming at, By Men." Uh, coming out every which way. There we go. Oh, and, okay. And it's interesting um, because uh, um, uh, exactly what both of you were saying um, uh, um, these last couple of moments, because I think it's interesting as you look at the four initials, whichever order you want to put right, them in. Right, right. LGBT, TBG, LG, LG, or GLBT. Right. In right. any case, um, the movement, um, the the gay lesbian part of it, I think has some sort of level of comfort within itself. Yes. And, you know, yes, sometimes you have the gay men who are, you know, roll their eyes, uh, those, you know, lesbians mm-hmm. on motorcycles, and some lesbians who are like, oh, they're just men. But mm-hmm. for the most part, those two have some understanding of why they are together in this fight. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, um, but as you expand it to both the silent B and the silent T, um, there are people who get profoundly uncomfortable about it. And I think one of the reasons why is we haven't really studied um, how the, the transgender community and the bisexual community really belongs mm-hmm. with this group. And I believe very much they do. Um, but I think that um, a lot of times from the activist point of view, there's an assumption they do without really an understanding of how right. it is. Yes. And so when the gender mm-hmm. transgression happens, um, there's a lot of discomfort, um, you know, and, and the same thing with bisexuality. One of the interesting things that um, Ron points out is that how, how you know, where does the, um, what is the definition of bisexual? You know, yeah. ultimately, of course, it's people who are having, who have or um, are comfortable with the idea of themselves having sex with either a male or a female. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, it isn't necessarily at the same time. You know, they mm-hmm. can be monogamous, all of this sort of yes. thing. A lot of, there are a lot of myths about bisexuality. But, um, you know, when you start thinking about it, as he points out, you know, people keep talking about Brokeback Mountain as the gay cowboy movie. They're not gay. They're bisexual. Well, and that was what was so interesting. Yes, and, you're absolutely right. And, yes. and indeed, as you start thinking about it, you know, um, down low, um, folks are, uh, 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 often folks often define down low as oh, they're they're really gay. Well, you know, if they're having sex with their girlfriends over here, and even if they're like hiding this. Doesn't this make them bisexual? Right, um, right. And, you know, in, in a sense, even people who have come out and have been married and, you know, have children, and maybe they'll never have sex with a woman again, mm-hmm. aren't they, in a sense, bisexual? Because this was a part of their life as well. Yes, yes. And, and I think we, you know, it gets back to that Kinsey um, uh, spectrum. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. which still... 
you know, sex researchers to this day, they look at the Kinsey spectrum and say, yeah, that's what's going on. There is this wide spectrum. And what I found out this weekend is that that has not been disputed since. Right. That they have still not been able to get rid of that idea, like not prove it. Right. Um, and but at the same time, they haven't done any few, any further study either. Right. <laughs> so I was like, oh. Right. So. We, we have uh, one of our clerks makes a joke about the fact that we have this big women's studies section at Common Language. And we have this um, one shelf for men's studies. And um, and, and of course, so the main reason being there isn't much. Um, but... Um, uh, his joke is that, well, we're just not very complicated. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> not much to write about us. And I disagree with him. Uh, right, but it may, right. But, uh, but the joke says a lot about where men's studies are. And they even talked about that. And is that also, but that men won't buy the book. So therefore, that's also a part of it mm-hmm. is that, they're, that men think they're already complete. So you don't need to fix me. I don't need to be in the self-help section even, you know, right. that because they were commenting that there's no men's studies. But if I do find a, a men's studies book, it's in the self-help. Uh, but men don't buy the book either. Mm-hmm. They don't go to the book to read to find out what to change. Where with women, they they do have, they buy the books, they go out and they, you know, study the books and do more research and you know that they actually support yeah. the work where men don't and and you know it's, whether it's cultural or something hardwired um there does tend to be um an aspect where where um men are more um visual in terms of how they learn how they um interact all of that so you know what so what do we know about men's studies well go to the movies <laughs> you know yeah yeah, yeah. and and right. you know it's like okay you have to be macho you have to you know know how to fire guns you have to you know all of these right. various things that say this is what men are about right um whereas uh um women i think tend to be more textually um, oriented and so yeah they will l- l- read the book and say gosh what is going on right yeah, yeah. and I think that I'm sorry Keith I didn't mean to cut you off no go ahead well I think that one of the things the difference that you were just talking about Dan with the men won't go by the books and I, I agree with you Keith that's very true men are more visual um, and women tend to do want to read and discuss and things like that but I also think that th- that what you said was very important that men already think they're complete yes and that 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 is a very significant cultural commentary that the reason why the market for self-help books is very targeted towards women is because we're taught from a very young age that we need to we have to improve ourselves we're never good enough we're never smart enough we're never pretty enough we can't cook well enough we're never going to get a man if we don't do all of these things. Whereas men are not really given those same lessons. They're given lessons about how to be tough, how to be strong, how to fight and win, how to be the leader, how to, you know, all of those things, which you can get from watching a Rambo movie. You can get from watching, um, even law and order, you know, things like that. And I think it's, it's a cultural difference in the lessons that we're taught that speak to why those things are, harder to come by yep. you know yep and that was one of the interesting things too is that they did they did they had a wine and cheese saturday evening and they the topic was brokeback mountain and what that means to the men's movement or men's studies and they announced because i was leaving as that was happening um is that they said and by the way we're not going to be talking about the gay issue and i was like well <laughs> then what is there to talk about and they were like because there's more to this movie 
than the gay issue. Well, I agree. There's and a lot going like, on in that movie. So I was like, so it was very interesting. I was like, wow. But talking about things context, uh, contextually, there's lots of texts that I hear that are a common language. <laughs> <laughs> what a and smooth segue. <laughs> and so... Uh, okay. And there's a lot happening in uh, Common Language, so what's going on? That's true. And, in fact, long as you um, mentioned Brokeback Mountain, I have here the video, uh, which did come out April 4th, which was also Heath Ledger's birthday. Happy birthday, Heath. Oh, <laughs> wow. So, wonder if that was the ironic? Or, I think uh, it was ironic. Oh, but, okay. Uh, or, or coincidental. Coincidental, or okay. Um, but, in any case, happy birthday, Heath. And we do have the, the movie. And... W- and and indeed, what an incredible movie, because it isn't just the gay cowboy movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and right, right. and I think that that's why one of the reasons, um, you know, it may not have won Best Oscar or Best Picture um, Oscar, but I think, um, you know, 20 years from now, it's still going to be remembered as an important movie and not just important politically, right. but important artistically. Absolutely. And there's actually a campaign um that you can find out more about at advocate.com of um, trying to get copies of that DVD in over 2,000 rural libraries across the country um, so that it's accessible in a lot of different ways. And I assume you've already opened your package at Brokeback Mountain, Keith. Actually, I I have not. I saw it uh, twice at the theaters, so I have not not watched it on video yet. Because I was wondering if they have any of the scenes that they cut from the sex scene that they have on the CD. (laughs) We can. (laughs) Sorry, taking it down. (laughs) We can hope. We can hope. (laughs) I will, just as uh, about that movie, though, even just thinking about that movie, I get wrecked all over again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the movie is just gut-wrenching. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Absolutely stunning. And um, the other thing that just um, came out recently. (gasps) I've been dying to see this. It is Transgeneration. Um, It's a two disc set. And um, I was just at the uh, um, Glad Media Awards this last weekend in L.A. And this won Best Documentary. Wow. And the the acceptance speech was just incredible, especially with when they, they brought up like uh, um, three or four of the people who were um, highlighted. Uh, oh, in the, wow. The movie. And they were there. And, you know, basically at award ceremonies, they just stand in the background. Right. Um, you know, one person speaks for everybody. Right. And he said, and um, one of our stars has has uh, something to say. And she came up uh, or he came up and proposed to <gasps> his girlfriend. Aww. Oh, it was just, and, and so she was there in the Kodak Theater, and you know they oh, brought her up goodness. on stage, and he got down on his knee and had the oh, had the gosh. ring and everything. Oh, it was so sweet. So. Aww. and what'd yep. she say? Uh, what could you say when you have <laughs> right, you know, that's, that's, 3,000 people you're giving guaranteed. a standing ovation <laughs> you're to the yes. person proposing and to you? Do you. That. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so that, was, that was Lucas that did that, or that was... You know, I didn't catch the name, I'm okay. afraid. So, okay. Um, okay. And, and I, I don't remember all the names of the, um, the people in it, but uh, actually... You could, there are pictures. Yeah, that's him. Oh, so that's Tamar. Okay. Or TJ. So, oh, and he's here in Michigan. Yeah, that's a Michigan person. That's a oh, Michigan person. There you go. Yeah. All right. Which, by the way, um, Trans Michigan is putting together a scholarship in his name. And so. Right, they read about um, that. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to be able to contribute to that uh, scholarship, um, please uh, check out Trans Michigan. 
Right so, on. Yeah, it was a it was just a very cool weekend. We had a great time, um, and uh, uh, got pictures with Robert Cant. Oh boy! So, <laughs> <laughs> but just a, you know, just how wonderful to be uh, there in the Kodak Theater and an excuse to wear tuxedos. And, Right. Yes, exactly. And, and um, in fact, this will be another tie-in here. Um, at our table um, was uh, Wilson Cruz. Um, right. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, my so-called life, right? Right, exactly. I knew that name. Yeah. I was like, Blake, Blake, because I'm looking at And he had book. actually been at the Out Bar quite some time ago when um, the uh, UMLGBT um, a right, office right, right. brought him in, and afterwards we had a reception, and oh. so so yeah, it was great seeing him. The other is um, that was at the table is Ezra Tuolo, who is wow. um, only the second um, NFL player to come out um, after his career, because um, otherwise he would have been probably killed on field. Um, but uh, uh, anyway, he was there, and we are hoping to get him here in town to do a. Um, Book signing, of course, but also a fundraiser for the Gay Games, right which, he's, oh, great. which he's a really big supporter of, obviously. And are um, happening in Chicago, so driving distance this is, summer. Yeah, exactly. And uh, he's also a singer. He has a CD out. Um, he, in fact, he's, he did. Uh, he used to sing the national anthem, then turn around and be the starting nose guard. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> yeah. And a beautiful voice, actually. So that may wow. be that may play into the fundraiser somehow. Right. We're still trying to figure out exactly what it's going to going to look like, but we're going to get him here. And he's very outspoken in uh, Minnesota. Yes, that's yeah, Minnesota. Yeah. yeah, he's like very. I mean, I'm reading all the time where he once again speaks right. at those different events right. about what's going on over right. there. Right, he does a lot of that type of thing. He's testified um, about the marriage amendment there um, because he does have a partner and two children. Wow. Um, and uh, it's and a very I love in- that their kids call them Big Daddy and Little Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> right. I didn't know that. <laughs> right, and mind you, Mitchell, his partner, is not necessarily a little guy, but you know you put. To you put NFL, him next to Ezra, right. and he's little, little <laughs> dead, yeah. Oh, that's great! Oh my gosh! So, um, yeah, it's a very interesting book. He's, um, you know, it's a um, he has a very um, strong cr- Christian component to um, his life, but he's very clear about it that this is his truth, okay. and he speaks about his truth, and it's not. You know, he's not, See, you know, he, I can support the, that. So, right. I mean, that's one of those right. things where he, he, uh, he's practiced. I mean, I guess the thing is, we were talking about Mandisa earlier, okay, the thing of where she's using her religion to hurt people, and I'm where he's using, you know, his religion to help. I guess exactly. it's, it's one of those things that that's I one just... Of, that's one of his really incredible, incredibly important messages that he gets across yeah. all the time, is that, you know, being Christian um, is... There is no conflict with being Christian and being gay. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and nor is there a conflict with acknowledging other people's spiritualities, yes. whatever they are. Exactly. Um, so Great. yeah, wonderful, and it's also the queer book club selection for me. I saw that little dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's and and the queer book wow. club is the second Sunday of the month. So in May that would be what? 
13th or 14th. Thank you. You're welcome. It's wow, the week after our babies do. That's oh, how I know. Uh, I was say. Okay. Dang, <laughs> you're very quick on that. I, I, I should have known, too, because I have a birthday around there. You have oh. a birthday coming up, too. Well, I you. do. I do. Yeah, right. Mr. Burns. Oh, my goodness. So. How did you guys know that? Okay, go ahead. Because <laughs> oh, I'm right, the master of the database. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. All right. Um, so let's see, Ezra, and I guess as long as we're talking about book clubs, the Les Reed selection for April is Jeanette Winterson's Orange are not, Oranges Are Not the Only Fruit. One of my all-time favorite books. That's a now why phenomenal is it your favorite book? book. It's, well, Jeanette Winterson's a great writer. Okay. She writes very, very well. Um, and the, the story, um, it, it's just... I don't know the the there's this there's conflict that between religion and sexuality and okay. there's conflict I, I, it's just okay. really well written and oh, great. and tells a really good story and I guess on some way it spoke to me okay uh, you know as an individual and I think that yeah it's such a great book great wow yeah, really so book. yeah they've been making some they're sort of working their way through um, uh, historically in the Les Reed um, oh, book club this year it's kind okay. of interesting. Um, so let's see. Those are the book clubs. Um, just real quickly, Sarah Waters, The Long Wait is Over. Um, her new book is out. This is the woman who wrote uh, Tipping the Velvet, mm-hmm. Fingersmith. Hmm. What's the one I'm leaving out? Um, I don't remember. And uh, anyway, this, those were all took place in Victorian England, lesbian novels. Okay. Um, this one takes place actually during World War Two. So she's... She's she's moving forward. Yes. Um, and uh, now, do the characters continue, been, or is it a totally oh, no, no, story? completely different okay. story? Um, it's been getting um, great um, reviews, and we have signed copies wow. at the bookstore. So, for those of you who want, we do have a limited number, and of there it is. Copies. Right on. So, um, come on by for that, or um, or you can check out the website actually, the okay. which is either LGBT books or GLBT books. So at least we have two of the variations. That's right. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> and um, and uh, uh, that's that's there. Now I got um, a question. Now she yeah. signed it. Now do they always sign? I mean, so when I do my tell-all book about closets over clothes, okay. Um, <laughs> Matt, um, do you always sign the second page? Or are these already? Yes, yes, yeah. Okay, so these are made with second pages already, or right, right, exactly. Uh, That's where okay. they always do that. And Watch uh, it, <laughs> I'm and, going through all the things I've ever said on the show right now through my head. <laughs> and also new out. Ani's new one, um, right which yeah. actually just came out while I was gone this weekend, so I, I haven't heard it. But, um, okay. you know, and it's Ani. She's so. coming to town this summer. She's part of the summer festival. Wow. Oh, cool. I yeah. didn't know that. That's excellent. Oh, my goodness. So is Elvis right. Costello, by the way. Wow. Maybe we can get Ani DeFranco on closets when she's I was gonna here. Say, there you yeah. go. Hmm. Perfect. Perfect. And then there were two events I wanted to quickly um, talk about here because we're really excited about both of these. We've been um, trying hard to do um, author events that are um, not just sit the author down and say, come on and, you know, listen to them talk and mm-hmm. buy your book and have a glass of wine. All right. Um, and and we have two coming up, which are I'm just so thrilled about. One is Stephen McCauley. Um, who is who wrote Easy Way Out, Object of My Affection. Um, I'm leaving one or two out here because he's got about five now. And his new book is Alternatives to Sex, um, which is a um, book about um, 
sex, real estate, and compulsive cleaning. And um, oh yes, yes, I've just heard about this. Uh, this um, oh wow, that it, didn't come across as a gay book at all on the radio. What I heard is interview. Oh really? How funny! Um, wow, because it's very much a gay book. Yeah, and, and uh, it's it actually got um, r- really positive reviews in both People and Entertainment. And, and he's hysterical. So, oh, I mean, he, he is. He's know? hilarious. And um, you know, so I mean, all of his other books have have had a big gay following, and I'm thinking with all of this he may you know get we may get the word out yeah <laughs> right we may, we may have straight people reading him. <laughs> uh, and in fact um his book object of my affection crossed over into mainstream movies that's right and um uh had um paul rudd and jennifer aniston that's right um in it and here's what we're doing with this is we're holding it at the michigan theater Okay. Um, that's going to be April 27th, Thursday, April 27th, 7 p.m. Okay. And um, we're going to uh, um, be in the screening room, and we'll start with um, Stephen talking um, a little bit about uh, the movie and about books to movies and gays and movies. And, okay. And then he's going to talk about and read from... Uh, the new book, and then we're going to follow it with a screening of Object of My Affection. Ah, Excellent. there we go. Does that sound fun? Yes. That's great. We yes. are so looking forward to that. Definitely. Uh, um, and the next one, which we're, um, is uh, um, just incredibly exciting, is Felice Picano has a new book out, um, Tales from a Distant Planet. Um, which is a collection of stories, and um, most of them, I, I don't know how familiar you are with Felice Picano, I'm but not. He, he has written on uh, he, a major author who's been around a long time and written in a lot of different genres. He's written epics, he's written mysteries, he's um, written more you know queer cultural study stuff. Um, he was um, co-author of The Joy of Gay Sex. Hmm. Um, he, in fact, we're speaking about Ron Seratia and um, by men. He has a uh, um, uh, piece in um, in that book. Um, so, I mean, wide variety of stuff. And this one is largely um, science fiction and supernatural. Okay. And um, uh, with gay themes, of course, uh, <laughs> gay or bi themes, and. Um, and the the last one in it is um, an epistolatory um, novella. So it's written entirely in the form of, you know, emails and um, newspaper articles oh. and this type of thing. And so what we're we're teaming up with Blackbird Theater. Dan Morrison is doing the adaptation and direction, and we're going to do oh. a staged reading of Ingoldsby. Wow! Um, at the Blackbird Theater. Um, so we're, right and that's going to be on May 11th, another Thursday. Okay. And, um, so we're, we're just, um, really thrilled about that because, uh, um, I mean, they're both major authors, but in very different ways. And, and I'm so thrilled about having both of them here and being able to do some, you know, right, some something very really, interesting and right. different with them. That's great. That's so, really great. So that one is May 11th, um, 8 p.m. Because that's more theater time. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And, uh, and uh, if you want more information about either one of those, um, we have uh, at the, the bookstore site, lgbtbooks or glbtbooks.com. Um, you'll see links right on the, the um, homepage to both of those events. And there is a link to the Common Language website on our website, which is closetsontheair.com. Yes. 
So definitely they're that way too. So they're all the the only other thing I have with me is what I'm reading right now, and it doesn't come out till June. So which in the <gasps> case which in the case of Kensington probably means May. So I'll probably cool. talk about it next month, um, and because it is just incredible, full circle. Michael Thomas Ford's um, newest novel, and Michael Thomas Ford, I'm becoming convinced, is our next really major great writer. He's, wow. uh, I'm just uh, I'm looking for it. I thought was an astonishing um, novel. I still haven't read the first, his first one last summer, but um, uh, after reading this, I think that's the next thing I'm going to do because okay. I just so love that, and I'm about a halfway through this, and uh, and just it's stunning. Yeah, and we'll talk more about how stunning next month. All right, month. sounds great. Okay. Terrific. Wow. Thank you. Well, thank there, you. Always a pleasure. Here. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of stuff. And lots of ideas to add to my social calendar. There you go. And, re- and a reminder about social calendar. This Saturday, you're taking right. her, right? Yeah. And, and we will not, the, the bar will not be open for brunch on Sunday, Easter Sunday. So, you know, hey, oh. here's you the way. you want to do your gay brunch you this can weekend. You still do your gay brunch and support rap. There you go. Exactly. Right. Very good. He's That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> you know, we should get him when we do our fundraiser (laughs) (laughs) good thinking write that down (laughs) oh my goodness well thank you great yeah thank you it's always a pleasure to have you with us and we're going to take a short break very short yes um but short but a break nonetheless right as soon as dan gets it together exactly hustle up dan exactly who's next week who's next week oh that's right jeremy jeremy's next week so (laughs) yes so um um we'll definitely um hear from jeremy yeah Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, uh, Hi, this is Jeremy Merklinger from the Washtenaw Rainbow Action Project, your TBLG Resource Center at 325 Braun Court. Check us out online at www.rap-up.org or call us at 734-995-9867. Thanks for listening to WCBN, and don't forget to listen to me on Clauses Are for Clothes on the third Wednesday of every month from 6 to 7 p.m. <laughs> discussing while the break during the break that that address is actually incorrect rap has moved dun, which dun, i'm dun. sure jeremy will talk about with us at length next week yes but in his typical you know super gay way yeah, that's right but their address is not 325 broncourt anymore what is it's it 319, 319. broncourt Gotcha, but so they're Three. still in Broncourt. They're still in Broncourt. They're just a couple doors down. Just a couple doors down and across the way. They're actually next to Common Language instead of across from Outbar. Wow. You know, we should have asked Keith what's going to happen at the rap, the old rap office. Yeah. Man, we'll have to catch up next time. We will. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but 319 Broncourt. Right. Okay. Got right. it. Okay. And I've heard that the phone number may be changing as well. But, oh. as, but as of right now, it's still the same one. Okay. Great. So and know. the website, so, though, is still going to stay the same. Website's not changing. So it hasn't changed the address you can, there. They, Rap could move to, I don't know, Timbuktu, and their website could still be the same. Cool. All right. Good. Never change that. That's All right, right. So let's talk about some news. News. Okay. So something news, happened this news, week? News, news, Yeah, a few things have happened. Um, this was an open letter to the advocate and to LGBT people everywhere. Uh-oh. So it's um, it just as an open letter to the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender community. Excuse me. And this was, in fact, in response. um, Well, let me just read it. Okay. All right. 
Um, we are a group of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people of color who work in the LGBT movement. We are writing to you in response to Jasmine Kinnick's article, Gays First, Then Illegals, in which she, a black lesbian, argues that she cannot support the current battle for immigrant rights because LGBT people have not yet won the right to marry. We are writing to express our profound disagreement with her and to offer alternative LGBT perspectives to the current immigration battles happening across the country. To begin with, Kanik fails to realize an obvious fact that the LGBT community and the immigrant community are not mutually exclusive. There are thousands of LGBT immigrants in this country. There are thousands of black immigrants, and there are thousands of black LGBT immigrants. To put forward an argument that says we should get ours first makes us question who exactly is the we in that analysis. In addition, we recognize the historically interconnected nature of the immigrant and LGBT struggles, such as the ban on homosexual immigrants that extended into the 1990s and the present HIV ban, which disproportionately impacts LGBT people. And we believe that only by understanding these connections and building coalitions can we ensure real social change for all. And we ask those who share the destructive views of this article to remember the immortal words of Audre Lorde when she said that there is no hierarchy of oppression. We reject any attempts to pit the struggle of multiple communities against each other and firmly believe that rights are not in limited supply. We condemn the scarcity of rights perspective espoused by Canik and other members of the LGBT movement and are surprised to see members of our community trafficking in such ugliness. But then one reason why it has always been so hard to shift power in this country is because the ruling class has successfully made us believe that there are only a few deserving groups to whom rights can be given. This strategy has always been used to divide oppressed groups from coming together to work in coalition. We are painfully aware that lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender communities still lack many basic protections under the law in this country including the right to care for and support all of our families in the various ways in which we construct family and kinship. Nevertheless, supporting immigrant rights while we continue to work for LGBT liberation does nothing to hurt our cause. In fact, we believe the opposite to be true and want to work towards building powerful coalitions between immigrant and LGBT movements to work together for social justice. We are also aware that many immigrant rights advocates have intentionally, or not, used anti-black rhetoric to move their agenda forward. Arguments such as, don't treat us like a criminal, or we are, going, we are doing work that other Americans won't do, have the effect of positioning immigrant narratives as subtly juxtaposed with American stereotypes of non-immigrant black communities. They leave native-born black Americans as among the only people who do not have access to the immigrant narrative and so are in a permanent position of subordination as the state consistently negotiates and redefines citizenship and Americanness for almost everyone but blacks. Nevertheless, the solution to this problem is not to abandon support for the struggle of immigrant communities. Rather, we call on immigrant movements and non-immigrant black organizations to work together for real racial and economic justice in this country. Together, these movements can work to end the exploitation and targeting of both communities and to ensure that black folks and immigrants do not end up having to choose between competing for low-paying jobs or being targeted for detainment or imprisonment. 
As lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people of color, we support the current immigrant rights marches and rallies happening across the country this month. And we march too. We march because immigrants are among the most politically vulnerable, underpaid, and exploited communities in the country and are asking for basic human rights, including the right to live free from torture and exploitation and the right to work. We march because we recognize the connections between the state attacks on immigrant and LGBT communities and the LGBT immigrants in particular are disproportionately affected by much anti-immigrant legislation. We march because we oppose the heightened policing and criminalization of immigrant communities, including the increased militarization of the border, as mandated by H.R. 4437 and Senate bills. We march because we oppose indefinite and mandatory detention of non-citizens, as well as the mass incarceration of people of color communities in the U.S. more broadly, and envision a society that ensures the safety and self-determination of all people, regardless of national origin, race, class, gender, or sexuality. We march because we oppose the guest worker proposals, which would continue the exploitation of many low-wage workers. We march because we demand the repeal of the HIV ban. We march because our sexualities have been historically criminalized by this country, and we understand that law and justice are not the same thing. It is our understanding that Jasmine Kanick was writing as an individual and not as a representative of either the National Black Justice Coalition, on whose board of directors she serves, or the Stonewall Democrats, for whose black caucus she serves as co-chair. As LGBT people of color, we call upon both of those organizations to publicly clarify their own positions in this ongoing civil rights discussion. We also call upon our community to imagine how much more progress we could make if we all stopped thinking of social justice as a zero-sum game. Sincerely, um, 55 different LGBT activists of color from all over the country. Like famous ones. Like Catherine Acey, who's the ED of the Astria Lesbian Action Fund. Um, Faisal Alam, who's the founder and former director of uh, Al-Fatiha Foundation for LGBTIQ Muslims. Samia Bashir, who is a board member of the National Black Justice Coalition and is the communications director for Freedom to Marry. Um, And the list goes on and on and includes, like I said, um, 55 people. Keith Boykin? Um, Keith Boykin's not on there. Interesting. Hmm. I wonder why he's not. Hmm. But, I mean, there's all... He probably missed the email. Yeah, he missed the email. (laughs) Um... But I think that that's yeah. one of the things that I think I have conversations with people about. Why are we? Why am I so interested in this immigration debate or this immigration fight? And it's like, you know, Dan, this has nothing to do with your issues. I mean, this you know, this has nothing to do There's with everything to do with it. Yes, exactly. And then it's like, you know, that they don't think of me as an immigrant. They don't think of me as as what would my community have to do? That LGBT people are only here in America. You know, that they're only here in the United States. Well, and first of all, it, I mean, it comes down to the basic thing. Like we're so we're just gonna. Okay, so you're not an immigrant, so then you shouldn't advocate for immigrants. Right. Like, just, you know, we need straight people to advocate for us. Mm-hmm. We, As a white woman, I'm obligated to advocate for people of color because if, you know, if we could end racism simply by the acting activism of people of color, it would be over. That's right. 
if we could end, you know, homophobia just through the activism of LGBT folks, it would be over. We can't just focus on what affects us directly. Right. You know, we have to look outside of ourselves and we have to recognize that there are connections all over the place. Mm -hmm. You know, I think one of the things in this letter that was really poignant for me was talking about recognizing that there's always a connection and that there's always, you know, that when we say first us, Mm -hmm. then them, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's the scarcity of rights argument that is really frustrating to me, you know, and it's sort of how I've come, I've grown to believe that really the struggle for equal marriage rights is not where I, I really sit, Mm -hmm. I guess, politically. It's more like, well, why do we have this club that you can join to That's get right. these special rights? You shouldn't, we don't need this club. Nope. Nope. You know, marriage was, uh, honestly and truly, marriage is about the ownership of women. Yep. And and passing a woman from her father to her husband. Mm-hmm. And that was really the goal of it, mm-hmm. you know, when it first started happening. And granted, it's evolved into a much different thing for most folks. Um, okay, thank you. Most. Yeah, you. for a lot of folks. Not even most, maybe. <laughs> for a lot of folks, it's evolved into a different thing. And it's about partnership and, and whatnot. But also, um, it... It's really sort of antiquated. Yep. It doesn't really matter anymore. Yep. Um, we don't need to pass ownership of people right. from person to person. And so it, there is now this club, you know, and, and I think, and we've talked about it before, how really the 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 conservative right created this battle for oh, us. Oh, yeah. That we weren't really interested in fighting for this That's right. all that much. That's right. As a community, um, but they created the battle and, you know... I think that that what their fears are is really what needs to happen, and this is probably yes. augmenting my FBI file. <laughs> but that that their fear that we're going to end marriage is exactly what should happen. Right. That you can create partnership, and mm-hmm. you can agree, and you can have covenants with people that you love, but the marriage thing that mm-hmm. confers these fifteen hundred rights and responsibilities on you. It's garbage. Yep. Yes. (laughs) It's totally garbage. Yeah. So anyway, um, recognizing that that we have these connections is very, very important. Well, and I think that also how racist it really is to be able to say that, you know, they're they're the ones that are willing to take the jobs that we're not willing to take. Right. It's like, excuse me? Um, And and what what I'm horrified by is the treatment that they do get. They get no health care. They have to be, they don't have like a home. They have no place to, Well, they breathe the pesticides in all day long. Thank you. Right. And sure enough, you know, but yet... Um, you know, their torn fingers, their, their, um, you know, the bloody hands, things like this. And it's still better than what they had. Right. When they were in their own country. Right. You know, it's like, don't, don't, why can't we share? Why can't we provide them the health care mm-hmm. that they need? And, and is one of the reasons why we maybe need to take a look at universal health care. Oh. So. We need to do that for so many other reasons. Exactly. For so and long. so we'll we're cover the only that. Industrialized nation in the world that doesn't have socialized health care. Exactly. The only one. And We'll explain this all in the next two minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for checking us out. We'll see you again next week. Um, And thanks again for hanging out with the cool kids.
Thanks for tuning into Closets Are Foreclosed on WCBN FM 88.3 Radio Free Ann Arbor. You can contact us by calling 734-763-3500. That's 763-3500. Or you can write us here at the station at 530-SAB Ann Arbor, Michigan 48109. Or at our Ipsy office, you can reach us at P.O. Box 980070, Ypsilanti, Michigan 48198. The views and opinions expressed on Closets Are For Clothes are solely those of their speakers and are not the opinions of WCBN or our licensees, the regents of the University of Michigan. For Dan Burns, I'm Christy Cardinal. See you at the same time, same place next week, Wednesday from 6 to 7. Peace. Captain, I've never seen fog quite this thick before. Aye, mate. And it'd be showing no signs of letting up. We best be giving him a radio bearing and see where we are. Mr. Navigator, triangulate a radio plot immediately. Yes, sir. I'll see all this time. I'll turn this on. You're listening to the fine sounds of WCBN FM in Ann Arbor.